This is the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Quick Bites. Welcome to another Pro Audio Suite Quick Bite. Uh, this week we're talking about Pro Tools because they've just added folders. Folders yeah, and Pro Tools tracks. I was going to talk about that. That's exciting, that. I, I guess. Go for it. I saw, well, I saw a video. We were talking about this before we recorded, but let's rehash this anyway. I, I saw a video where they were talking about that. And for those who haven't seen it or experienced it's it for an example you could take all your drum tracks and put them into a folder in inverted commas and then whatever you do to that folder happens to everything that's inside that folder and the point i was making to the guys before was firstly i think it's been around on other doors since what 2013 14 i think you were saying earlier than that that Uh, folder tracks are were i i believe cubase probably had it Cubase and Nuendo, what people call Cubendo, has had that, I believe, for a long time. Reaper's had it for a long time. I'm not sure how long, but I believe probably Logic has it. I don't know that for sure, though. But it seems like Pro Tools is like the last of the DAWs to finally get that. or among And making a hoo-ha last. about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Creating nine-minute videos about it. But uh, right. And the other thing that I sort of struck me was, effectively, it's pretty much a bus Anyway, mm-hmm. is it not? It that's pretty why, much that's is the way I see it. Yep. But it graphically, it graphically handles the screen better too because now you can open and close that one folder track easily and you can yeah. have like, here's my drum and then, oh, I need to step into my drums. In Media Composer, they had a thing called stepping into a clip where you would have, it's almost like a sequence that made the sequence, that, that made the clip. Um, so yeah. it's sort of a bit like that, but not really. Well, a day where there's, you know, not unusual to have 200 plus tracks on a production, yeah, it right. certainly it makes a lot of logistical sense. Yeah, yeah. Know, just it's for easier on the eyes. Sanity sake. Would be really sweet. I, I I don't know if you can, can you edit the folder track? Like does the folder track show you like a composite waveform and you can edit the whole folder track and it edits all the tracks below it? I, I, well, as I say, I've only watched a nine-minute video. I wasn't lucky enough to actually get there, but he didn't do that in this instructional video. So I would imagine if you could, that'd be a pretty powerful feature that you'd be wanting to push. That would so, be a big um, reason. I, I don't know if the other workstations do that when you have a folder track. So, But that would make, make yeah, a huge reason be to interesting, make a folder track. Yeah. Well, the other thing you can do there too is just group your clips and still edit it too. So I don't know. Grouping interesting. is all it really is. It's a grouping and a busing in one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen these tools that let you unmix or yeah. unbake, un- unbake the, cake? the cake? Yeah, I use I use um, uh, Isotopes uh, Music Rebalance almost daily because uh, wow. I'm doing a lot of um, a lot of beat mixing stuff for some clients and. And also, there's a real trend in radio now of taking little grabs of songs and using them where you would use, where you used to use a movie drop, sort of taking grabs from songs now. Like I did one this morning. It's when I wake up in the morning, grab from a, a song, right? So, but you want to put your own stuff underneath it. So you just go into Isotope Music Rebalance, strip out everything except the vocal, and then drop that over your own beat and your own little thing you've designed underneath. Wow! And voila, it's it's. Well, I don't know, maybe 90 seconds to grab it and do it. So, um, yeah, it's, that's it's interesting because Isotope does it in the computer, but some of the other ones that initially had these types of services would literally have to throw the data up to the cloud, unbake the cake, yeah, and right. throw it back at you. And it was like an ongoing yeah, right. service. It wasn't a software that you buy. Yep. Right, right. Yep. Yeah, no. So, yeah, that's that. And, that, and it's, it's getting, Isotope are getting better at it too. It's really, it's almost. You can hear a few artifacts, like it, you lose some bottom end, obviously, and a few bits and pieces in the vocal, but 
seriously, by the time you put it back with other stuff underneath it, you really wouldn't notice. It's amazing. Clever. Really I love clever. it. I love it. Yeah, that's real innovation. Yeah. Or stealing um, the guitar riff. That's the other one too you can do, obviously. You can isolate the guitar. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Grace has a new M201. It's a single rack space version of their old classic stereo preamp. Um, I guess it has a new topology inside. It makes it smaller. Their big thing that's a big seller for them is their 24-channel monitor controller mm-hmm. that they sell. The 908 or something, is it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's their big seller. I mean, it's not the biggest seller, but that's like the hottest product because nobody else makes it. There's yeah. nobody else that makes one that does There, There are so. companies that make similar things. Like... Um, there's a company in Japan that makes a monitor controller that takes like hundreds of inputs because it all comes in through Maddie, and they actually yeah. work directly with the Pro Tools. Like their unit will fit right into an S6 console physically. Like it, it'll it'll oh, replace wow. one of the Pro Tools modules with theirs, um, and it has yeah. all kinds of like folding down from you know, whatever, 10.2 to stereo practically. Yeah, you can preview every version right. of surround mix on the planet, right? Exactly, yep. So there, I'm, I'm trying to remember yeah. what, what the name of that system is from, um, but they they also worked with um, Nayrink on their on his Vmon. They made the hardware for that. I think it's called Track Systems, maybe. Um, yeah. But yeah, for multi-channel monitoring, it's that or... I mean, the Dangerous really doesn't get into like mega multi-channel, but the Dangerous is really popular right. with music guys. And then the other one is the Avocat. Yeah. Yeah. I wish There's that uh, Grace would actually world. make something to replace the big knob because we were talking before we got on about... Um, How much we the hate the big, big knob. knob. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm not sure if it's a hate thing, but it's certainly... Uh, it's a very noisy piece of Yeah, stuff. but it's also like uh, misdesigned, like... Like it has a talk back, but there's no slate output. And when you hit the talk, it doesn't dim the control room. It's like they they just missed a bunch of stuff when they did that one. Yeah. Yeah. The Personas monitor station is a, yeah. a much improved version at the same price point. Um, that's what I've been recommending. But yeah, Grace, Grace uh, you know, they're a very small company, right? I mean, yeah. Michael Grace invents and literally invents these things. I mean, he comes up with a design, does the circuit design, everything himself. And then um, it's developed and tested in-house and made in-house. I mean, it's it's a small operation. So when they launch a new product, it's a big deal. It takes them a while. But if they see a market niche and it fits their model, they'll make it eventually. I'm, You know, they haven't made, for example, they have not made an audio interface. You yeah. know, like a two-in, two-out, you know. They're not going there yet. Well, they're, they're um, high-end, but it is interesting how many microphone com- mic- microphone preamp companies, you look at Grace, you look at John Hardy, you look at a couple of these companies, they have one or two products, a handful of products, and they've been selling the same products for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, they hang their hat on things that work and that people love, and uh, and they know how to fix and maintain them over the years, you know? Yeah, well, um, that, we know because my M101 was playing up. And uh, we did a bit of troubleshooting, and they said stick it in a box and send it back. And so I sent it back right, to them. Which is better they... than telling you to stick it elsewhere. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say whose box it was, but yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah and they fixed, they replaced everything, updated the whole thing, and sent it back. It's perfect. Yeah, and that was all. Really I just had to pay for the postage there and back, and that was it. Mm. Yeah, yeah mm. like compared to my my beloved Apogee eighty one thousand, which they declared too old to do anything with. And their poof went a really nice preamp. Yeah, 
I don't want to get an apogee. I'm not. Uh, I'm not an apogee fan. Um, but for for those kinds of reasons. But um, yeah, they also have the M108, which is a really nice eight channel. Yeah, two preamp. rack spaces, right? It's one. Yeah, one rack oh, space. One? Uh, it's one really? space. See, they had the M801, and they flipped it on its ear, and they called it the M108. And it's a single channel, a single space, eight channel pre, but with a whole bunch of interconnectivity on the back, like network connectivity, USB, you know, everything you can imagine. Um, so that's their like answer to an audio. Inter- that's like their Apollo killer. You what know? are they? Are they making their own their own converters? Or are they using AKM chips? Do you know what they got in there for converters? I really don't know. No, I really don't. I don't know. Uh, they've had products with converters in them for a long time. I used to have a Lunatech V3 portable mic preamp they used to make, and that had a digital out. Yeah, I I just wonder if they're like brewing their own converters or if they're using like you know. The chip, the here's your converter on a chip, yeah. just socket solder. It's a good question. I yeah, I real I really don't know. I don't know enough about the you know, the internal topology of their stuff to know that. And they may or may not tell you, but I would think if they did make it, they would be proud of that and tell you. But um It's kind it's kinda of like when Millennia when Millennia made some preamps with digital outputs, the the converters were actually apogee converters, and then legend has it in return. The AD one thousand I was talking about was the mic preamp in it was a millennia. They sort of basically did a little trade, supposedly. But they didn't promote it. They didn't like. Well, they weren't allowed it. to it say like, it in their agreement. Like uh, you just have a converter in there. It's an app. It's a good converter. They they said it's really good, but they never were, were able to brand it Apogee. And Apogee was never able to brand the preamp as Millennia. But both were fascinating, fantabulous. You know. Well, Apogee's no, 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 uh, not afraid of doing that now because they do that partnership with Sennheiser a lot. So they've got a lot of co-developed, co-branded products. You know, where Sennheiser makes the mic, and uh, Apogee makes the converters or the drivers. You know, so that's that's a thing that they do a lot now. So I'm seeing that happen more and more. Um, you know, there's a lot of potential because now with with firmware being what it is, you know the Companies can add so much more functionality to their stuff, and then they can bake it into other products more easily now than they ever could. Yeah, whoever so. thought a microphone would have firmware on it? Yeah, yeah. Well, the uh, you know what I was just I just updated the Rodecaster Pro firmware. It's probably the seventh update I've done to it. It's just kind of mind blowing. It's like having wow. a Tesla, right? You wake up in the morning and there's a new software update. Yeah, it's you know you just go to the website, you download it. But when I went to go download it, they had a firmware update for the Rode VideoMic NTG. Really? So even that microphone has a firmware, you know, and it can be updated. So wow. you know they're like, well, the update uh, allows the mic to better auto power on with certain cameras, and it will work better with the Panasonic GH5, you know, stuff like that. Like very specific cameras, very specific use cases. They redesigned the firmware to work better with that hardware. I mean, that's just who does that? I don't know any other yeah. company that does that. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty mind blowing. It's very clever. Yeah, I mean, you know, full disclosure. Of course, we're supported by Rode, as you guys know, but it's for a damn good reason. <laughs> yeah, stuff, yeah. Their development and R and D and their product execution and 
Their support is just... And they're Aussies. Yeah, and they're right. Aussies. <laughs> and they haven't burned down. And in the U.S., the stuff's dirt cheap, thanks yeah. to the U.S. Uh, Aussie uh, exchange yeah, rate. exchange rate. Yeah, yes, stuff's that's right. really affordable here. It's really affordable. It's funny. We should move to America. We could get their gear cheaper, AP. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I I actually really am looking forward to testing the video MTG because it's just, that mic is so clever um, for what it is. It's ridiculously clever. I mean, it's an on-camera mic. It's an iPhone mic. It's a USB interface mic. uh, It's got a gain control in the back so you can shove it into any input and, and dial the gain properly. It's just that thing is crazy. Yeah, and yeah. its price point is insane too. I think it's two hundred dollar range. Um and it's based on the NTG technology, which is, you know, they're they're good stuff. So that thing is crazy. It's it's funny when when, when we got involved with Rode and then we went over to their website, it's like I was unaware how many products they actually had. I usually think of Rode as like the NT1A and 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 the NTG and the, and there's the the mics that you usually see, but I mean, it's like just keep on scrolling, and it's like Mike and Mike and another another Mike, and a lot of them are tweaks on existing designs, but they seem to have a a pretty broad offering. I mean, they they had a pair of small diaphragm condensers that like looked pretty tasty for classical music, for example. Yeah, I think they're called the NT. Fours or NT fives or something like that. Like yeah. that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yep. Like going after mm-hmm. the they have kind a stereo of mic that uses market. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering what the next thing is going to be though, because you can all the different things they're releasing is kind of leading to one spot of a kind of a large condenser microphone that has firmware that does all the things like a Lewis or an Austrian audio, but then will update. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, yeah. they could go in a million directions because because they bought Aphex. So they have they have a lot of analog tech to to play to pull from, and then they could do um, and they and they clearly are starting to get a little bit more into software, although it's rudimentary. But they could certainly do a dual diaphragm microphone with both outputs. They don't have that in their arsenal yet, and then yeah. and then add that with a little uh, you know preamp modeling technology, and and then you'd be basically one of what three products out there with that tech. Oh, man. This show was mixed by Voodoo Sound. Edit by Andrew Peters. Using Source Connect Now and Rode Microphones. With technical support from George the Tech Whittem. Don't forget to subscribe and like us. You're not for trouble.